Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. There are good things ahead here in Rhode Island as we hatch safe and creative ways to keep in touch with our members. Get the latest sightings and birding-related events, whether they're in person or virtual. Find us on Facebook and online at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 790. Well, our show is about wild birds and birding and conservation. We started last week's show with a conservation story about the great American Outdoors Act. Well, that contains such good news that we figured we'd start this week's show on the same topic. But in updated fashion, the story last week was that the bill to create this act had passed in the Senate and was about to be considered in the House. Well, this week, with more bipartisan support, the measure passed in the House and is now awaiting the President's signature, which he says he will provide. The Great American Outdoors Act would dedicate $900 million to the Land and Water Conservation Fund and would address the nearly $20 billion in maintenance backlogs On our public lands and waters, it's considered to be one of the most environmentally important acts in decades and is also expected to create many thousands of jobs. So good news from Washington. Two weeks in a row. And that doesn't even count the football team. Well, Latino Conservation Week ends today. Its organizers describe it as emphasizing the Latino role in conservation, harnessing the Latino passion for the outdoors, in improving lives for this generation and the next. We'll do a recap about it on next week's show. A couple of weeks ago, we had the pleasure of welcoming now Georgia-based birder and naturalist Jeffrey Ward as a guest on our radio show. And we can now see Jeffrey as he co-hosts a Zoom presentation about coastal birding, including how climate change may affect coastal birds, the etiquette of sharing the beach with birds, and tips for identifying coastal birds from a distance. The folks at the Payomet Arts Center, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, are hosting the event. If you're listening to our show live here on the 26th of July, today's the day to enjoy the event, no matter where you are, beginning this morning at 11.30 Eastern. Just go to payomet.org to register for the free Zoom event. Payomet is spelled just the way it sounds, P-A-Y-O-M-E. E.T. Payomet. And if the live timing doesn't work for you, no worries. You can watch a replay on the Payomet Facebook page afterwards. And once again, that's P-A-Y-O-M-E-T. Payomet. Well, that announcement uh, for that program about coastal birding kind of gives us a perfect lead-in to this preview of today's Mystery Bird Contest. That's because this past Monday at a beautiful place called Plum Island in the northeast corner of Massachusetts, we stayed well away from a roped-off area on the beach where several members of today's mystery bird species were nesting. But despite our efforts to give the the birds a wide berth, we were dive-bombed nonetheless. That's kind of what it sounded like, minus our screaming. 
Our mystery bird is a small and sort of delicate resident of seacoast beaches and bays and lakes and rivers where it feeds mostly on fish, which it obtains by plunging into the water from high above, sometimes hovering briefly before making the plunge. Our bird breeds along the California and Gulf coasts, along Mississippi Valley rivers, and on the Atlantic coast from Maine to Florida. In breeding plumage, it has a black cap extending to its white forehead in a short white eye stripe. Its bill is yellow, usually with a black tip, and it has a light gray back and white undersides. A little preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little later in the show and beautiful prizes from Droll Yankees and Larkwire in the offing for our mystery bird contest uh, this morning. Some of the stories and videos and such right now on our TalkingBirds.com website and our Facebook page. How birds fly and move in foliage can help you identify them. We'll connect you to tips about how that works, courtesy of David Sibley in Birdwatching Magazine. That's one of the stories there. Understanding which bird species are most likely to crash into windows may help reduce such crashes. We'll link you to a Scientific American story about some new Oklahoma State University research on that topic. And do birds ever get tired of being birds? We have a little gif or gif if you like video that may provide an answer. No science involved in this one. Those are some of the stories on our TalkingBirds.com website and our Facebook page right now. Here's a note about something else on our website, uh, something new. It's our Book Nest Reviews by our resident reviewer, Susan Edwards-Richmond. Kind of a condensed text version of the reviews that Susan does on the air with us, along with links to the shows containing those on-air reviews. Book Nest Reviews, now available under the Read button at TalkingBirds.com. I just want to thank you. We are so thankful to our Talking Birds listeners listening to our show here every week, and most especially to our Talking Birds ambassadors, who are listeners, who have uh, allowed us to send them some little cards that they hand out to friends. A lot of folks are also maybe taking these cards and making images of them and sending them along that way, which is pretty cool, especially these days. But in any case, our great thanks today to Laura Logan from Lufkin, Texas, there in Angelina County, in the part of the state they call Deep East Texas. Thank you, Laura. She says uh, she's had a love for birds since childhood, thanks to her mother. Thank you, Laura, and thanks for the kind comments and for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And thank you to John Ficken from Riverview, Florida, right there by the Alafaya River, not far from Tampa and Tampa Bay. And John says, ironically, I was raised by two ornithologists, and I was born in Ithaca. That's Ithaca, New York, home of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. He says, by the time I was 12, I was so over birds and tried to erase all avian knowledge from my brain. Then three years ago, my wife had me read Birding Without Borders. Uh, That's that great Noah Stricker book. He says, I joined eBird and started taking horrible bird pictures in my front yard. 
and the rest is history. I'm trying to learn or relearn everything I can about birds and photography. That is so great. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. That's easy to do. Just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, and look for Become an Ambassador under the Get Involved button there at the top of the page. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment about an unusual visitor to his town. And up next, a bird that will happily come to your picnic table and help himself to whatever he finds there is our featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. They say there's honor among thieves. It's a commonly expressed belief. So for our featured feathered friend segment today, we hereby honor a thief. Recognize that sound? Well, you might if you live or summer in the mountains of Arizona or New Mexico or across the upper Midwest to upstate New York and northern New England or almost anywhere in Canada. It's the Canada Jay. The Canada Jay male and female look alike, a little bit bigger than a blue jay, mostly gray with a long tail and a short black bill and a black cap extending down the nape and onto the cheek. Like many clever thieves, this one may fool you into trusting him as he befriends you by approaching your picnic table, maybe even landing on your hand for a preferred morsel, only to make off with food you hadn't intended to make available. And stealing food is not the Canada Jay's only trick. It also uses sticky saliva to glue food to tree branches, above the height where the deepest snow will likely reach. This bird, whose antics have earned it the nickname Camp Robber, and is also called Whiskey Jack, was known officially for many years as the Gray Jay, until in 2018, the American Ornithological Society agreed to change the name back to Canada Jay. A couple of years before that name change, an online poll and expert panel overseen by Canadian Geographic magazine selected the Canada Jay as the national bird of Canada, although that designation is still not formally recognized by the Canadian government. Here's more sound from the Canada Jay, this time imitating a blue jay. Look for the Canada Jay on your next picnic in the western mountains or boreal forest. But don't leave your oatmeal cookies unattended. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, Parasaurus canadensis, the Canada Jay. Welcome again to our show number 790. That website, if you'd care to visit, is TalkinBirds.com. And now from the Talking Birds Gadget Corner, which doesn't really exist... Uh, We just made it a thing for today's show, and that's because we're about to learn of a pretty cool gadget for your backyard bird viewing. And to tell us about it, we welcome Donovan Jones from the Beckham Bird Club down in Louisville, Kentucky. Good morning, Donovan. Good morning, Ray. Great to have you with us. And we should certainly mention uh, we found you through our own Freya McGregor, who lives down your way now and is a member of the Beckham Bird Club. So that's a really nice connection. So the gadget, if we can call it that, uh, Donovan, is the Birdsy Cam. 
and I believe mm-hmm. you have one in your backyard. Tell us about it, if you would, and how you came to have one. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, the birdsy cam, it's basically uh, just a, you know, uh, kind of a wall weatherproof out HD camera, kind of like a security camera almost. Mm. But you can kind of place it around your yard or anywhere you'd like to view wildlife. Uh, most ideally a bird feeder or a bird bath. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it monitors, and when it detects motion, it will uh, start recording. And it has a built-in artificial intelligence Mm. that uh, basically it will identify and learn the birds uh, that visit you or other wildlife. And uh, basically puts it all together on an app, or uh, it also has a website you can view, and you can see who's visiting and by the species. Hmm. And so this is really learning as it goes, right, with that artificial intelligence. So I think you were telling me uh, earlier that it doesn't uh, it doesn't do this perfectly, but does it get better as it goes along? That's right. It's uh, I'm a beta tester, and what that that entails is I'm helping it learn as they're putting this together for a public release. Hmm. So uh, I'm part of a little online community they put together of other beta testers, and we. Uh, in the very beginning of the program, when uh, birds would show up, it would be a little, little sketchy here and there, uh, misidentifying species or maybe not identifying them at all. And part of my job would be to correct that. And then over time, the artificial intelligence learns as they continue to program it based on our video surveillance mm-hmm. of the various species of visit. So what's your what's your sense of that? Is this going to become a thing that will be you know really quite accurate when it's uh, when it's all sorted out? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, you know, I've been testing since December of 2019, and it's really come a long way. Um, there's only a few species anymore that it has troubles with, and that's you know only when the company you know really uh, gets working or puts in a new new system or upgrade however you I'm, I'm not sure how the wizardry works over there on their side i'm not very technological but yeah it, it's really improved greatly wow and you've uh, you've sent us a, a picture or two and i think you said you'll you'll send us some more maybe some more video and we'll get those up on our facebook uh, and or instagram pages so people can uh, get a look at that we should mention their website too i guess you can see the videos right there it's birdsy Dot com. I guess they're doing a Kickstarter program. We have no financial interest in any of this, and I know you don't either as a beta mm-hmm. tester, but uh, just so people can see this. And I've watched a little bit of that video, and it's it's intriguing to see that little kind of a pink square that goes around the bird, and then mm-hmm. the name sort of pops up there, what it thinks the bird is. I think you said also that it can get mixed up if a if a um, let's say a red winged blackbird gets too close to the camera and kind of blocks it out. It'll think it's a crow. Oh yeah, that that's a common thing on mine. Uh, I have a little platform feeder I made, and um, it extends right up to the camera. So occasionally a starling or a uh, common grackle will get a little too close to the you know and block out most of the frame, and then the the camera will think it's maybe a crow or or something something else <laughs> <laughs> something like that birdsy.com 
Com is the is is that uh, website. And you're from the Beckenbird Club, as we mentioned earlier. Do, would you like to uh, give a little plug for your club and what you guys are doing? I know it's pretty quiet right now, all things considered. Oh yeah, unfortunately, due to the, all the the COVID, uh, we haven't been able to meet for quite some time. But yeah, it's it's a great little club. Uh, always doing little field trips. We have little monthly meetings. Hmm. And you have our Freya McGregor as a member now, so she's right. adding something to that as well. So um, I, I had to ask you one one more thing because when I saw your mm-hmm. name written out and I saw that you have a nickname, which is kind of intriguing, and it's Slinus. <laughs> is there a story That's about right. that? Slinus. <laughs> where does where does that come from? Does that mean something? I wish I could wish I could remember. Uh, if best I can think, I think it was something from a, a TV show or something, and, uh-huh. and someone decided they were going to start calling me that, and it just kind of <laughs> stuck. <laughs> we, we, we have something in common there, because I had a nickname called Sweet Corn, and I'm not exactly sure where <laughs> that one came from, from either, but we'll have to do some research. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donovan, thank you so much. Thanks for telling us about Birdsy Cam, and we'll look forward to mm-hmm. seeing some videos, and uh, maybe we'll talk again and see how uh, that thing has progressed. Oh, absolutely. All right. Donovan, thanks again. Donovan Slinus Jones from down there at the Beckham Bird Club in Louisville, Kentucky. Coming up next here, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Our Mystery Bird Contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. And here is our mystery bird. We saw this bird, as we mentioned earlier, up at a beautiful place called Plum Island in the northeast corner of Massachusetts the other day, nesting there. Right on the beach, our mystery bird is a small, sort of delicate resident of seacoast beaches and bays, lakes and rivers. Feeds mostly on fish, which it obtains by plunging into the water from high above, sometimes hovering briefly before making the plunge. Our bird breeds along the California and Gulf Coasts, along Mississippi Valley rivers and on the Atlantic coast, all the way from Maine to Florida. In breeding plumage, it has a black cap extending to its white forehead and a short white eye stripe. Its bill is yellow, usually with a black tip, and it has a light gray back and white undersides. Clues and the sound of our mystery bird and prizes include from Droll Yankees, the cute chickadee feeder. Good for any type of food and even lets you manage the size of visiting birds with its height-adjustable dome. And its four-and-a-half-inch diameter dish holds a cup of sunflower seed or mixed seed, fruit or mealworms, 
just about anything. It's a beautiful little feeder from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. Bonus Prize is the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. It's pretty cool. It's the LarkWire app. And it can work with your iOS device, or if you don't have an iOS device, you can use it uh, with online access. Those are the prizes. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. 781-837-4900. And uh, as we usually do, we recommend and even urge you to call as soon as you can. Uh, So we'll have time for our contest to give away those prizes. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And up next, Mike O'Connor has the most unusual visitor right close by. We'll hear Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Rebecca Ramirez, and I'm calling from Beaver Creek, Ohio. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because the show gives me a time and a space away from computer screens and cell phones to enjoy what's going on in our natural world. You too could become a Talking Birds ambassador and reconnect with what's real in nature. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. Join today and thanks. We seem to have a little bit of an oceanic uh, flair going today in a couple of respects, and uh, we're about to have another one here because Mike O'Connor has a most unusual sighting kind of in that regard, and he is here to tell us about it right now. Good morning, Mike. That you, sweet corn? That's me. You like? Lo- oh, I know I shouldn't. That was I know that was a mistake. I should. I, that was definitely a mistake. But uh, that might have been the best thing you said all day, right? There. <laughs> well, you have you have something swimming in uh, in a salt pond right by your house there on Cape Cod. I guess you thought maybe it was a cormorant. Yeah. At first, oh my God. But uh, yeah. No. No. No, it was right. You know, and I, you know, I know I'm supposed to talk about birds, and and what's nice about birds is we get up early. And we look for birds, but we also are lucky enough since we get up and out a lot, we get to see other cool stuff, including, you know, a morning sunrise or maybe a meadow of flowers or maybe a den of fox pups that no one's scared yet in the day. So we get to see some cool things. And where I live, I have a little back deck, and from there I can see part of this saltwater mill pond and the other night it looked like foggy night and i was watching some osprey fish and then i saw something swimming and i thought well this pond sometimes has loons but it's too early in the season for loons so i thought oh maybe it's a cormorant but to be sure um you know i tried to take a picture of it and when i saw the picture it was a dolphin a dolphin swimming in there. i lived here a long time and i've never seen anything close to that. i've never even seen dolphins before except you know flipper on tv and the miami dolphins so I thought, this is really cool. So I, I went down the next day, and I got some pictures, and I assumed that they were, because I hear the whale watch people talking about Atlantic white-sided dolphins. I'm, I'm telling everybody, hey, Atlantic white-sided dolphins. But to know more about what I was talking about, since I don't know much about dolphins, I called the folks at IFAW, IFAW, the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Right. And they're the people you see, you know, some of your 
you know, mid-country folks that aren't familiar with these people because they deal with marine mammals. But they're the people you see on the news that are always helping the stranded whales or the stranded dolphins or putting things back in the water, and they get these bright red coats. And I call them, and I expected to get a recording of some kind of nothing volunteer. But this people were super nice. They explained what it was. It wasn't an Atlantic white-sided dolphin. It was a common dolphin, which is a species I wasn't even familiar with. And they figured it had fallen because the salt pond leads to Nosset Marsh, or the big ecosystem, and then out to the Atlantic Ocean. And perhaps it came in on a high tide or was maybe following a food source. Or maybe I thought maybe they were just self-quarantining to get away from uh, COVID. Or maybe, but, but it turns out it's a pair. It's two. It's a mother and a calf. Wow. And, and she's nursing. And it's, it's quite a sight. And these people, the hardworking volunteers, I guess, are just, they're keeping an eye on it. But they say so far the, the creature is fine and the baby's fine. They're trying to encourage it to go back out with the pod out in the ocean. But right now everything's fine. Hmm. But it's really interesting. But the, the point that... that he wanted to insist in, you know, it's summertime, and these saltwater areas are busy. People need to stay away. They can watch it. They can kayak and blah, blah, blah. But all these creatures are stressed a little bit, and they have to stay a fair distance. I think the, the legal limit is 150 feet, but probably better than that would be yeah. even better. A little farther away than that. So yeah. there you go. Bird watching yeah. some cool stuff sometimes. Besides that, birds. And the International Fund for Animal Welfare, right? they're right on the Cape, I believe. They, they are. Headquartered on the Cape, and they're so nice, but that's how people are down there. They're really nice. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you, Mike. We'll talk to you later, sweet corn. All right. Talk to you next week. Oh, boy. Can we erase that from the podcast version of our show, maybe? Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Let's see. We're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. That's the bird we're trying to identify. A small and kind of delicate resident of seacoast beaches and bays, lakes and rivers, where it feeds mostly on fish, which it obtains by plunging into the water from high above, sometimes hovering briefly before making the plunge. What would that be? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And um, I can't read that one on the left, so why don't we try the one on the right there, Jesse? It says, uh, John in Geneva, Illinois. Good morning, John. Hello, John. Uh, hello. Hello. Is this, this sweet corn? Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I might as well just hey. go with it and just change. Then I'm going to use that name all the time now, I think. You know, I, I don't think the domain name for sweet corns talking birds is taken. So, you know, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe just for a, a new podcast or something. Yeah, I don't know. Just a grist for the mill. All, all kinds of opportunities are opening up here. I can I can see that now. Just to clarify, is this Samuel or John? This is Samuel. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, this is I, Samuel. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> we had John, but we actually have Samuel who is in Knoxville, Tennessee. Am I right? Correct, Mundo. Okay. Well, thank you, Samuel, and sorry about that, uh, John. And John, I hope you will uh, call us again since we've already spoken to you without, uh, you know, being connected. Let's see. I think we're doing the mystery bird contest, if I remember correctly. 
Does that sound right? I to believe you? so. Yeah. So, uh, what do you say, uh, Samuel? Is the uh, mystery bird? What do you think that is? I'm going to uh, guess it is the least turn. That is the least uh, we could do to say that is uh, correct. The least turn. I, Absolutely correct. I like that sound. I like that sound. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a cool sound. But when they're uh, tr- trying to land on your head, that's uh, you know it's a little <laughs> scary. But uh, <laughs> there, in fact, oh, what did I just I, I just read here about the defense mechanism? Uh, this style of attack has given the least term turn the nickname Little Striker. So we have Little uh, Striker they, and Sweet Corn. Yes, you were going to. Does the little striker drop little bombs? Is that the is that the method um, of attack? Yeah, I, I think that that must that that must be it. John, we're running out of time, so stay on the line, and we'll get uh, get your contact info. I mean, uh, Samuel. Sorry. Thank you, Samuel. Okay, one thing before we go. Out of the American Southwest, plans are underway for Tucson Audubon's Virtual Southeast Arizona Birding Festival, August 5th through 7th. You can attend uh, from wherever you are, and you can find uh, all the details at TucsonAudubon.org. By the way, one of the features of the festival will be a presentation by the great Tom Stevenson about learning bird songs, and Tom is going to be a guest on our show here in the very near future. Meanwhile, thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, senior producer Debbie Bleacher, our outreach coordinator and chief ambassador Freya McGregor, our assistant Audrey Stack, and our producing engineer Jesse Wilkins. Stay safe. Keep wearing that mask. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. There are good things ahead here in Rhode Island as we hatch safe and creative ways to keep in touch with our members. Get the latest sightings and birding related events. Find us on Facebook and online at OceanStateBirdClub.org.